you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. Raising the vibration right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. Please join us at LiveParanormal.com and all of our affiliates, iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Player FM, Blog Talk Radio, and the list goes on and on. Someday, as I always say, I will memorize all of those things. I'm Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a performing artist. I'm a 27-year talk radio host here in Los Angeles. And this is Raising the Vibration. This show was the first outreach of my nonprofit movement of peace and love and kindness and unity, RaisingTheVibration.org that I founded in 2016, sort of to carry on my mom's teachings, both spiritual and humane, um, just all the good stuff I was raised with, I pass on to you all every week. And if those four words are the cornerstone of the movement, then this show is really about ascending, evolving, inspiring, and loving. So what are you doing to raise your own vibration? What are you doing to make the world a better place? And how is that sort of making you become a more evolved and enlightened person, and then how are you taking all that stuff and using it to inspire others, right? I love that expression to bring the elevator down, send the elevator down and bring up 100 people. And then how much love are you throwing into the world? That's what we talk about every week on the show. I gather folks I love from my spiritual life, from my entertainment life, from my nonprofit life, and we talk about what's your passion, what's your service, why are you here, And how are you making everything better for everyone? Uh, Every week is someone I love and adore, and my guest today is no exception to that. Although I believe this is the first time I've ever had her on the radio doing any of my shows, and I'm not sure how that's happened because we've sat on panels together, done many different things together. She is the creator, publisher of The Hollywood Times, and it's a joy to have her here. Please welcome to Raising the Vibration, the wonderful Valerie Milano. How are you, my friend? It's great to have you here. Hi, Sheena. I've missed you, but I've been listening to your show, and I'm so happy for you. I know you're doing a whole new thing, and you're always impressive. So I'm wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. You know, I kind of just – I like to say that as a creative artist, as somebody who's been in the entertainment business my entire life, um, my spiritual life always fueled that, but I very much kept it kind of a secret until – right before and then, of course, after my mom passed. So I kind of say now I'm like that Madonna tour where she wore her underwear on the outside. That's, that's kind of what my life is like now. And uh, now I get to bring both those worlds together, which I love because I think in many cases they're very similar. I think a lot of people that are creative people, right, um, it's their spirituality feels what they do, their, their need to give back to the world feels what they do. So, so how about you? Why, why do you do what you do? Well, um, I am right about the entertainment field. You know, I wanted to act. I wanted to model. As I got older, I thought, you know what? That's kind of just passe. So let me do something that I love, which is writing. 
and write about these things. Right now I'm covering OutFest. OutFest begins tonight, and uh, it's a wonderful program this year, you know, since after the pandemic, you know, we weren't able to see each other, and we are thrilled that we don't have to go to the drive-in to see these films and stay in our cars, Um, but we get to actually be together tonight at the, the Directors Guild. So I'm thrilled for the next week and a half that we can do those things. Isn't that wonderful? So during the pandemic, um, because I think you're the first person I've talked to since the pandemic that is very involved in a film festival, many before the pandemic I've talked to, um, how did how did OutFest still get all those films that needed to be out because people needed to see them, right? Because that's, that's a different kind of work for the world, right? People need to hear the messages that are in movies, or they just need the sheer entertainment value of the escapism of something. How were people able to still be a part of OutFest when we weren't allowed to see each other? That's actually a simple question. Thank goodness for television and streaming. (laughs) So they were sending out links to the donors and the press and people. They would buy tickets uh, for the the actual links. So they were staying home and watching these films, and uh, there was a lot of Zoom interviews. Uh, so that's that's what happened, and and it seemed to work, but everybody missed yeah. the hugs and the high fives. So, you know, but we're back. Hopefully, it'll stay that way. Yeah. It's been a, it's been kind of a strange time in that regard too, and certainly what you do, right? You can do what you do from home. People can send you information, movies, uh, television shows, books, music, whatever to review. You don't necessarily need to be in person with someone, but there is something about that direct human contact, right? It's a, it, it is something that as human beings, I think we need the same way that, you know, they always say don't get a dog or a cat if you're not going to hold it all the time because we mammals yeah. need, we need that close, right? We need to touch others. Yes. And that is very true. You know, uh, we are going to be able to, you know, it, it, and it becomes more of even a celebration. It makes you appreciate life now that, you know, we've lost a lot of people in the pandemic, and that was way unfortunate. The people that, you know, were able to survive the COVID or, you know, taking care of people that had it, their family, their friends, you know, we're, we're, we're actually celebrating that hopefully we don't have to lose too many more uh, or no, no more. But yeah, being there, uh, you know, and seeing, you know, eye to eye, all your colleagues and 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 the stars of these shows and the executives of the shows, movies, I should say, um, is is a wonderful thing. Um, they're going to be at the Orpheum Theater night after. Uh, I think it's Thursday night. Yes, um, to open the festival. And everybody's going, wow, really, we get to go back, you know. There was a time during the pandemic we just didn't know, you know, what was going to happen. And we were all just like our positive energy was going, please let this be over. We just need to get back in in the swing of things, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's like nothing ever happened, right? It's funny because people would always come to me, like my clients and people that, when I would do uh, other people's shows and talk as a spiritual practitioner and they'd say, you know, what's it, 
what's it going to be like? Is this the forever? And I'd say, you know, one day it, we'll build up a resistance to it, like all horrible <laughs> diseases, right? At some point it just becomes something, and then they get it under control with remedies and treatments and vaccines. They have all of that now. And then it just becomes like it never happened, and we just move forward. Just like there was a time when people said, no one's ever going to go to New York again and feel safe um, after 9-11. Oh, after 9-11, yeah. They pack. You know what I mean? Human beings have an amazing way of getting past things. And I was at Long Beach Pride this weekend, and it was it was honestly like it had never stopped. Nobody, there wasn't even any difference. Maybe one in every 200 people had a mask on. But that was all you saw. And um, and masks are now so fabulous and decorated that you don't even think of them as masks anymore. They just like costumes. Very true. I was, I think oh, we I've could, been traveling quite a bit, and it's the same thing, you know. But, you know, there's a lot of that that's, that, you know, they're, like on the airlines, they'll say, you know, um, it's up to you whether you want to wear them or, or not. And a lot of places that I've gone lately, they, they it, it has to be one of those which aren't so decorative. But, yes, there are some values that are decorative. Right. I mean, it's just become something that we've sort of, um, you know, has just sort of uh, absorbed into our culture. And, and, honestly, I was at the drugstore today at CVS today, and I can't tell you who had a mask on and who didn't because I just think we've just gotten so used to it. It's like looking at people with glasses now or with a hearing aid. We just don't. When we look back and think about that person, we just that part just disappears, kind of, because I think that it's it's just become such a new normal in a way that we see it, we don't see it, it doesn't matter. It's just nice to be around people. And I was amazed and thrilled at how many people were out celebrating Pride and weren't fearful because it was scary when everybody was so scared to be around each other. And I bet you'll find the same thing at, at Outfest. It will be hugs and handshakes and it'll be just like nothing ever happened yeah very curious and i and i agree with that i'm pretty sure that's what it's going to be and yay right exactly yeah how long have you been involved in outfest and and what other types of things like that are you involved in with hollywood times that's a really good question and and it kind of parlays into also that i'm a very blessed person, and um, I have a lot of different um, organizations that I support uh, financially, voluntarily, those kinds of things. And so, um, I am a I'm a supporter of Outfest. I'm a Mogul member, and you know they need that. You know these filmmakers are really hurting, especially since the pandemic. You know they've they've lost a lot of their contacts. Um, you know, a lot of their, their money, their donation money, their, 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 you know, money that people have put aside to make films, they had to spend it, you know, to be home and not making money out. So it, it's just a beautiful thing. So, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I, I give money to Outfest and, you know, a lot of perks involved in that. I'm very involved. Uh, my family foundation and um, you know human rights campaign very believable yeah, especially with what's going on now with all this uh, you know uh, the abortion rights and stuff like that that's been taken away uh, so the human rights campaign yes 
um, Lambda Legal, which is you know the legal department that really tries these these through, you know these, you know be there on the front lines with with the government and uh, Washington and trying to uh, to you know just help figure out how we can get around this. Um, so those are two big ones, uh, three actually. Um, there's also the Desert Eight Project in Palm Springs. But um, they are very, very involved with not so much AIDS, uh, as, you know, anymore. Because thank goodness that we've got that sort of under control. But yes. anything, you know, whether it's the pandemic or, and they built a beautiful facility in in Palm Springs, and uh, you know, so a lot of my family foundation. And he goes towards that and just helping that. And I just can't wait to introduce you to so many people now that we've reunited. <laughs> right. Yes. It's 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 beautiful. Now you you're kind of part time in Los Angeles and part time in Palm Springs, right? You got that right. Yep. Well not this time of year in Palm Springs, but <laughs> no. no, 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 no. It's funny because I, I grew up in Huntington Beach, which is where I'm pretty much a lot of the time now. And um, they say you can't go home again, but I did. And um, uh, Palm Springs reminds me so much of Huntington Beach, except it has desert instead of ocean. But it has that same – I was just there for a week in April over my birthday, and it has such a groovy, mellow, kind of chill vibe. And I see how many of my friends that lived in L.A. have have moved to Palm Springs, and they sort of just have sort of decompressed as they've gone there. Do you feel that? Like when you leave Los Angeles oh. and you go to Palm Springs, do you just feel yourself kind of decompressed? Well, I don't know how often you've driven your car around that big mountain, right? Right as you're almost to Palm Springs <laughs> Highway 111 there. And it's like all of a sudden, like, I can breathe. Even though it's hot, yeah. it just, there's something about it that your whole body just lets down. And uh, it's magical. Yeah. Well, I think it's the magic of the desert, right? I mean, I I think I went out in the uh, summer to be part of the cast of a documentary film about uh, uh, UFOs in Joshua Tree. And, you know, having been in Los Angeles since 1980, um, I never had been to Joshua Tree. And um, I kind of think Joshua Tree now is my Sedona. I, I could not believe the intense spirituality that comes up out of the ground there. And just the Joshua trees in general, I'm fascinated by. And you see, Palm Springs has a lot of the same, you know, energy and, and foliage and rocks. And it is, there's, you're right in the smack in the middle of the desert, and it's completely magic. And um, it is. I think that that we all need a place to decompress, right? For me, it's this little surf town that's not as little as it used to be. Um, And, you know, or going to see friends in Palm Springs or driving out to Joshua Tree. Uh, Sometimes you just need to feel the energy. And you can feel it in Los Angeles, but it's harder to feel because there's so many people there and so many buildings and so much industry and so much going on in the same way that you can can see stars there, but it's hard to see the stars if you go out to Joshua Tree or Palm Springs or even here in, at the beach, you can see so many stars because there's just sort of less to deflect the, the light, right? 
The light, exactly. There's not a lot of light, you know, street lights or big, you know, whatever. the sound. There's just not a lot of sound there, which is wonderful, at least where I live. I'm very blessed again. I'm very lucky that I have a a home right up against the mountain. But it's pretty mellow compared to L.A., you know, to California. Well, that's California. Excuse me. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, to, to L.A. Metro. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. that way. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's so funny because I have a friend who's a New Yorker, and he just did my TV talk show that I do on Fridays, my web TV talk show, and he was laughing because he's just moved to Florida after 55 years in New York, and he was reminding me that when he would come out here to visit, he would complain about how slow it was in Los Angeles compared to Manhattan, and I kind of laughed, and I'm like, now it seems really crazy here compared to Florida. So it's it's all we all need something. I mean, even a diehard New Yorker like he is just said, you know what? I need to go somewhere and decompress, and went to a beach in <laughs> and Florida. He, and, and he comes, put he comes to the California to decompress. <laughs> right, he came to LA to decompress. Now he's moved to Florida, so this will become his crazy place. But you, it just depends. It's exactly. all, it's all comparative, right? And and I kind of find that I don't know about you, Valerie, but I find that my heart really lives in two places. If I'm at the beach all the time, I miss the city. If I'm in the city, I miss the beach. So I kind of have to be oh, yeah. both places. And I and probably yeah. it's the same for you, right? If you're in, you get restless in Palm Springs, you got to come to LA. You get overwhelmed in LA, you got to go to Palm Springs. Yes, but that's how we're, you know, that's how lucky we can be if we're if we're free and and uh, well, only if we can afford the gas prices. But um, it's just crazy. Right then, that's making it a little hard. You need to put that uh, that porthole in the space time continuum so you can walk out your front door and and be in Palm Springs. Um, but we haven't figured yeah. that out yet. That's still that's still a ways off. Um, do you um are you amazed though? I was, I really have become amazed just following friends on Facebook and Instagram how much the cultural scene in Palm Springs is growing. It's getting a lot of culture. There's a lot of things happening out there um, for people who love the arts. Absolutely. Speaking of which, we're also um, my family foundation is very uh, involved with the Palm Springs Art Museum. And they have really expanded, and they have really come out, if you want to call it that, um, you know, and and appreciate the LGBT, uh, you know, because it seems like Palm Springs has gotten most most of the people there um, are gay or lesbian or or trans or whatever. So yeah, the, the museum when when I go to those board meetings and such, it. it so different than it was, you know, a couple of decades ago when it was homophobia, and uh, the, you know, with the right. new Maryland statue outside their, their their museum with, you know, her dress up, and I mean, keep it. We got to keep that there. That's right, what she right. did. Yeah, she got blown up under her skirt. <laughs> <laughs> happens right when folks move to a place the place changes with the pulse of who's there right and i think with more people turning 50 in the gay community and retiring to palm springs the energy has changed but i have to tell you i was involved for five years with a web series i was in called child of the 70s and we were in palm springs pride 
and I've been prize done comedy and MC prize all over the country, and I was amazed at Palm Springs because it's like there's there's the queer folks, there's the staunch conservative folks, and then there's the Native American folks, and somehow everybody manages to get along while this huge parade happens down the busiest street in town. Um, I was very impressed with the synergy of how those three groups get along, and it made me really a fan of Palm Springs. Yeah, yeah, I see it. I hear it. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It just, it's, and it's right here. It's right under our nose. It's two hours from here. And like we were talking about a minute ago, you know, you can just decompress. You know, you don't have all that traffic and the craziness. And, and um, yeah, Pride's great. Then we have Dinah coming up, and the Hollywood Times is also one of their media partners. And, uh so yeah, Mariah's still rocking it with with the Dinah now the pandemic is over. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, I thought yeah, when is when is that? It's um when is it? March? I mean, we got a little okay. while to go. But um Right. The, I, I uh, thought they had moved back got to some... Texas. Have they changed their minds? Had they I'm sorry, you broke up there. What'd you say? I, I, I thought they thought the talk was last year that they had moved it to te- they were moving it to Texas this year. That's the golf it's, that's just the golf portion. <laughs> but the oh, lesbian okay, pool good. parties are still in Palm Springs, yes. Right. The lesbians are like, we are not driving to Texas. We're yeah. still gonna bother well, around Nope. I don't think there's a lot of golf playing either. I mean I kinda never really kind of understood how one, you know, held hands with the other, but, uh, you know, it's kind of strange. Um, well, I think so, yeah, probably, just the golf, I, mean, just just I think when Dinah went, the golf was probably the excuse for a lot of lesbians to go when you couldn't just say I'm going because I'm gay, you know? That's a good one. And by the way, I made a huge mistake. It used to be in March, but now it's this September, believe it or not, the 21st to the 25th. And they have Taylor Dane. Taylor Dane is going to be the headliner. So we're just so happy that, you know, here we go again, you know, with this pandemic hopefully over and and people can get back. And they have a whole international contingent that attends. And it's just pretty crazy oh and i also went to velvet ibiza i don't know if you've ever heard of that but in ibiza spain that is where they have um their own dinah and it was pretty trippy to meet (laughs) so many women and uh see how different it is you know not really different the women are but just the event itself is pretty different so Right. I do right. get around. You do get around, don't you? <laughs> it's, it's, I'm fascinated to see how things are in different countries. Like, how is the queer community treated? How are differently able treat people treated? How do we treat the elderly in different countries? I mean, I think one nice thing about the Internet, and there's a million nice things about it, but one great thing is is that through social media, people have now met friends all over the world and we are now learning the customs of other countries and the customs of other people, and maybe some of those good things are rubbing off on us. You know, like we used to be a country pre the pandemic 
and even well before the pandemic when the economy started to get wonky, we were a country that we didn't take care of our older folks, right? Grandma and grandpa right. lived where they lived, and when they got to the point where they couldn't live where they lived, then they went to a retirement community or assisted living or a nursing home or wherever they went. Now, since the economy has been wonky and then now because of the pandemic, we're finding three, four generations living in a house together, and we're not so much putting grandma and grandpa out to pasture anymore, which I think in many cultures, Asian cultures, European cultures, certainly in the Native American culture, it's a lot more common to keep grandma and grandpa around, to keep the kids in the house even after they get married, and for families to be more more nuclear. Um, and I think that's a good thing, right? I mean, we can learn a lot from our older folks, and um, they took care of us, and I think we should take care of them, if at all possible. So I'm, I'm very happy that I'm seeing more of that. You and took the words out of my mouth. I'm from the – yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I'm, I'm, you know, from the South, so I was raised pretty family-oriented and been slow-paced. And, you know, I was happy I was raised there because I really felt like I had a, a childhood that was, that was special, that I didn't get raised fast, you know, and all that. But I, I swear what you just said, Sheena, was, was great about how it seems like now – we're all taking care of her, at least at my age, and we're nowhere around the same age. I mean, this is the time in our lives where we see our parents declining, um, and it seems like me and, and all my friends, you know, are taking care of our, our moms or, or dads or, or uncles or because it's just it's sort of inbred now. It's not like where we forget them. Well, I hope that everybody can say that that's listening, you know. It's important, family, because you're right. They did take care of us. Yeah, and it's and it's just, uh, you know, I didn't live in a house where anybody told me I was going to get kicked out when I was 18, and I lived at home until I was 24, um, and it enabled me to be able to save up to buy a house when I left. So I left my home with my mom, and I went right into my first home because, I was allowed to stay here and work and go to school, and it wasn't like, you're 18, get out. Um, I think you're missing out when you make your kids leave. You know what I mean? When you make your parents leave, um, you're missing all that good family stuff. I mean, growing up, not really having a family. I had my mom, but I didn't have anything else. Um, you don't know how lucky you are to have a family. And so um, – I think that we're really realizing since the pandemic, because we've lost so many people, like you said, how lucky we are to have family, how lucky we are to have friends. I mean, I have an amazing chosen family, and I'm so lucky to have that because I have strong women and men in my life that are more wonderful than any biological siblings I could have hoped for. Um, But maybe not everybody's that lucky. Maybe some people are lonely and wish they could live with four generations of family in a house, you know? I just think, you know, my yeah. my, um, my friend uh, does IT work from a man who's very rude in the Orthodox Jewish community, and he has this big piece of property. And every time one of his kids gets married, he builds another house for them on the property. And they go and live I love that. Family on the property, all the kids and the grandkids and the spouses and and his parents, they're all, they're all on the property. They're just all on the property in their own little place, but they have their, 
they're all close and they do dinners together and they do holidays together. And I think that hopefully the pandemic has made us realize what's important, right? And a lot of what's important is we need to be doing more hugging, more togetherness, more calling and telling people you love them, um, more reminder of how important it is that there are people in your life that love you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm on your side. I get that. I, you know, I think we're a lot alike in that way. It's it's And, and that's impressive that he built, you know, built on and built, that, you know, I, different development there. I mean, his whole idea was I can buy my kids a house or I can get them a house right here. And I think that I also know people that they buy up the houses, right? I have clients that they're like, oh, my sister lives across the street and my parents live kitty corner and my kid and his husband just bought the house next door. I mean, it's, how fantastic is that? So yeah, I think I that, that we, we're, really, um, we're really starting to get back that togetherness. Where did you grow up in the South? Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> Beautiful. I have been there, and it's beautiful. It is. It's pretty green um, out. Everything's very green, but that's a good thing. That means that we have they have rain still where we don't. <laughs> right, right, right. It's interesting, right, because you drive down some of the highways sometimes, and there's literally, like, swamp on both sides of the road. Yeah, I mean, you're, very true. Well, and they all have the, you're, the gr- the green medians, you know, on the freeways, or they call them highways. You know, the medians yeah. are in the middle of all the highways. It's pretty different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't that, it's so interesting. Um, I had never been there, and then I went for a documentary film in 2017. And then that summer I went back to do an event in Montgomery, Alabama, and we flew into Birmingham and then went to Montgomery the documentary film was in Columbus, Mississippi. So um, I'd never seen those two states. And, boy, um, I fell in love with both of them. But that's, a, that's really the South, right? It's funny because I would say, oh, my mom's from the South. She's from Louisville, Kentucky. And they would laugh and go, oh, you mean your mom's from the Midwest. And exactly. I thought that was pretty that's funny. That's what I would have said. <laughs> right. If you live that deep South, you don't think Kentucky is the South. And, uh, one of my best friends just moved to Nashville, and she said that a lot of people think Nashville is the Midwest. But, you know, when I'm from Connecticut, if you're from New England, Kentucky's the South. So it's interesting how it's all perspective, right? Exactly. That's funny. I love it. But I love the manners, beautiful manners in the South. I think you grow up with a different it's- set of manners, and when you go visit, people have a different set of manners. Yeah, my sister still lives down there, and her kids were taught to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, no matter what age they're talking to, you know. So somebody like me, and then I go down to visit them, and go, yes, ma'am, and it's like, it makes me feel 100 years old. It's like, what? But it's nice, right. I guess. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. You know, I went to Kentucky to, um, uh, I was hosting a paranormal convention down there, and I decided that I wanted to find out where my mom grew up, and it was before she passed. So I literally, I had her in my Bluetooth, and I'm throwing out landmarks that look like they're, you know, something she would recognize from the 40s. And she's like saying, oh, yeah, try this, turn here. We're trying to find the house. I pull up next to this guy on a motorcycle, 
and he's like this big, burly, tough-looking guy, right? And I say, hey, I'm sorry, do you, do you know where Jefferson Avenue is? And I'm thinking in L.A. you're going to get like, they're either going to drive away or they're going to look at you like you're crazy or they're going to yell no and drive away. And I think L.A. is a very friendly city comparatively. So there's nothing against L.A. The guy takes his helmet off. We're at the stoplight, and he says, I'm so sorry, ma'am. I don't know where that is. <laughs> oh, oh, my, my goodness. What a, what a friendly gentleman. <laughs> I think that's just how it is down there, right? And I think if we could take – I think if we in this country, right, we could take all the best things out of every region in the country and implement them everywhere. It would be such a different country. That would be fantastic. I agree. I agree. Now, speaking of, of the generations, um, you know, there's this generation that's going on now that I hope that – I don't know. Are we millennials now? Are the kids millennials? What are we calling them now? No, the kids are now Gen Z. Oh, boy. So I was born in the 67s. I'm Gen X. And then the kids born in the 80s to the 2000s are millennials, are Gen Y. And then the kids born in uh, the next 20 years are millennials. Yeah, they're now Gen, Gen Z now. Because um, I just hope that they, you know, I mean, I do have two kids. Um, I have a 25-year-old daughter and a 30-year-old son, and it, they okay. were born here. And it was in Alabama. And, you know, it, it just it has changed. I mean, not just the labels where these kids don't want to be labeled. You know, my daughter right. kind of came out, and when, I, when she came out, she says, Mom, I really like this girl in college. And I said, good, you know. She says, I think I'm falling in love with her. And I went, oh, so you're gay. And she goes, no, we don't do labels because we can always change. So it's right, very right, different. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of great, though. And I'll tell you why. Because um, being kind of a, well, I used to identify as bisexual, but now thanks to the thanks to the millennials, I identify as pansexual, because now you have another option, like a non-binary person, or if aliens came, I could date one of them. Um, but I think I've <laughs> always been about the openness, but just staying open until you find a soul that connects with yours. And it used to be that when we all had to identify as something, right, gay, straight, or whatever we were going to be, man or woman, then whenever we felt like something outside that box, we were chastised by others and we chastised ourselves. And now this whole group of young people, they're like, we just play it day by day and we figure it out. I have a 13-year-old spirit, my best friend's child, and she basically decides from minute to minute what her pronouns are. And she just kind of sends me a text and she's like, okay, aunt, today I'm they, them, today I'm he, him, now I'm back to see her. And I just sort of follow the flow, depending on right now, um, right now my, uh, right now it's they. And the thing we're trying to figure out is when she see her, then she's my niece. And when she see him, then she's my nephew. He's my nephew. But when they are they, them, what are they? So that's what we're still, I guess it's okay that I still call them my niece, even though they're now using the, the they, them oh, pronouns. Oh, good point. But you know what? Again. So they have to come up with a they-them synonym for niece or nephew so I know what to call this beautiful child. 
But I just kind of love it. I think, you know what, honey, you just let me know where you're at, and I'll call you whatever you want. But it's a lot to learn, right? you got to reprogram your brain. It's a lot to learn. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine what the older generation is going through. I mean, it's one thing for us, you know, being our age, but, oh, I don't know, you know, they'll get over it. <laughs> I mean, life is moving on, and, you know, people are still having kids, and, and it's just going to get easier and start learning when we're born, I guess. Right. Right, but your uh, your daughter still identifies as female. Oh yeah, she's not she's not in the moving anywhere from being away from female. She just I think okay. um, says she's bisexual because she oh right. You know she just wanted to tell me she was in love with a woman. And I was like, good, that's, that's fine. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. I remember oh, when I first told cool. my mom when I had my first. When I was first about to date a woman, I was in my early 30s, and my mom knew that I was out, but as bisexual, but I'd never dated any woman. And she just basically said, honey, I don't care if you date a man, a woman, or a kangaroo, just don't date anybody without manners. And that was kind of the end of the I discussion right it. there. And sadly Perfect. for her, I did date people without manners, Valerie. I have to admit I did. But, um, you know, it's just kind of such a non-issue, and, and, and having grown up in the queer community, and getting kind of bullied sometimes for being bisexual and refusing to walk it back. I think it's great mm. now that this next generation has come and just leveled the playing field and said, you know what, we're not playing that anymore. Anybody can be anything they want to be, and you don't like four letters in your community? Guess what? We're now making 45 letters. Learn them all. Yeah, So good point. Good point. And it's... A- and it's a lot, right? And if you're writing, if you're a writer, writer, you have a, a publication like you do, you have to keep up on where the community's at and where all the letters are at. And luckily, we only have 10 or 12 now in the actual official letterage. But um, if you talk to millennials, they'll tell you there's like 45 subsets of every letter, right? Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just really happy that that this world is changing a little bit to to go with the flow. You know, it could be a lot more um, attacks, and I think it seems to me like there's a lot less of that going on. I mean, I'm thinking of you know Matthew Shepard and all that. It's not we don't really do we. Do you think we have a lot of that going on still? I think yes, in small pockets of very rural areas, certainly not nearly as much as there was. Yeah, I mean, now it's unfortunately gone to the thing of, you know, mass shootings, but we don't want to talk about that because that's negative. Um, Right. Now, now, Now instead of beating up the gay kids, we just kill everyone. No. Just everybody. The same kind of rage. It's just put in a different place now. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. the, I don't think you can get away with it. I think if you tried, I mean, I'm sure it still happens in some places, but I think if you tried to gay bash somebody now, you would have, you know, if you four people ganged up on a gay kid coming out of a club, 
you'd have 20 guys on top of you that would be gay, straight, and everything else uh, because you just can't get away with that kind of behavior anymore. Exactly. You know? Good point. That's, that's, that And that I helps. think that's, you know, when I grew up in the county when it was hella conservative, and my friends would come down here, my flamboyant friends from Hollywood would come down here and get pulled over, and the next thing I'd get a call, they were in jail, and my mom and I'd go pick them up from the Huntington Beach City Jail and what they had done, they would say, oh, you know, offended a police officer. Basically, they were just queer. And so I remember my mom like, okay, we're going to go bail somebody else out. Like there was a little envelope of cash for bailouts in the house. Um, and then they'd stay here for a while, and you know, she was so great with them all. Um, but that was how it was. Like when I first moved to Los Angeles, I was in the San Fernando Valley, and right next to the big circus liquor icon, there's a little, um, there's a gay bar, a Latin gay bar, and um, I don't know what it's called now. I think at the time it was called, like, Ole Ole. Anyway, this sweet little kid <laughs> is coming out, and I suddenly see this big old group of nasty-looking skinheads, um, you know, beating this poor kid up, and then somebody calls the cops. And they jump into this car, and they start pulling away, and there's a whole bunch in the back of the truck. And the bumper sticker says, I heart Huntington Beach. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, because that was my hometown that I had just fled from because it was too conservative. But now, exactly. um, you know, it's grown, it's grown up and I've grown up and um, it still has a ways to go, which is part of the reason I'm here, because I think it spiritually still has a way to go, ways to go. But, um you know, areas do become more diversified because they just do. Different people just move there, and that's how things become more diversified. And um, pretty soon that will happen to every single place in the world. You, you can't really turn the clock backwards as much as some people wish they could. You know? Right. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Well, I know that, you know, I'm sorry, finish. I'm sorry, say what you were going to say. No, because I want you to finish. Oh, I said certainly human rights campaign has been a big part of that, um, with oh, doing yeah. amazing work. I have worked on and off for the Harvey Milk Foundation. Um, Stuart is a very dear friend of mine, and um, I I think that he works very closely with HRC, and I think the work they've done is is unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, you know, depending on where we're at. I mean, with the politics especially, uh, well, we know now that – I don't know if you've watched any of this craziness with this January 6th, you oh, know, yeah. stuff going on. But uh, it's been very interesting what I've seen. Uh, you know, I didn't even know there were there were this, this group called, what was it, Oath? Oath Keepers? Oh, yeah. Isn't that kind of what? a scary thing, right? That's scary. Yeah. I've never, I, until this, this whole thing's going on, I didn't even know that that existed. Oath Keepers. Oh, God, Trump. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how much y'all get into politics here, but we won't have to do that. <laughs> well, I, I talk about but I understand. It's, it's, and you know, what's funny about groups like that is they fight like, Abraham Lincoln as their heroes. I mean, poor Abraham Lincoln, if he didn't have enough melancholia, probably would have died of depression if he had known those people were attaching themselves to him. 
And then they talk about the founding fathers. And, yes, there were founding fathers that were extremely conservative slave owners, but there were also founding fathers that were really fiery liberals. So they act like, and, and I don't know what makes them think in any universe, the founding fathers or Abraham Lincoln would be happy that they stormed the Capitol and hoping to kill Nancy Pelosi. I mean, I don't have any idea in what universe they think that John Adams would be like, yay, thumbs up about that. But they, it's like people don't own revisionist history, right? People make up their own, all kinds of people, not just the Oath Keepers, they make up their own history depending on what's convenient for them. And then they pass it on like it's true. And because a lot of people don't get educated anymore. Now, a lot of people graduate from college, but they're just not educated. They're just trying to get a degree to get a job. And I understand that but they're not really retaining what they're learning in their general ed classes. So they're not, I mean, I don't know Mm -hmm. how many people I know have master's degrees and PhDs. They know nothing about the history of our country. And I'm like, how did you get through school? How did this even happen? I don't understand. Well, did you go through public school or private school, Sheena? I I went to public school. Okay, then you learned yeah. it in public school. I went through private school. So, you know, I, I wanted to say it probably depends on your education. But obviously, if you I know agree. it, you learned it, and you were in public. So, and I, But I think I, I got the love for learning from my mom. And I always say it is easier when you're from one of the 13 colonies to be interested in history because it's happening all around you. So there is that. Um, And actually, two of the 13 colonies, because I lived in Connecticut, and then I also lived in Maryland. So um, I under, but my mom also, I think, just sort of set me on this road of learning to love educating myself, no matter what it was about. And um, my mom grew up very poor in Kentucky, was in an orphanage for many years, adopted by my grandparents, who were very wealthy and immediately sent to boarding school. So, and then private away college. So she didn't, all girls, all girls high school, all girls college. She didn't want me to have that kind of um, non-inclusive upbringing. She's like, you're going to public school and you're learning about everybody. But um, (laughs) but I went to public school in the suburbs, right? I went to Huntington Beach High School. I don't know. I think it's a lot of how much you choose to retain. How much do you want to know about it? I think it it all depends on that. I agree. Um, I mean, some people aren't history buffs. They don't want to be history buffs. They may maybe prefer, you know, mathematician or whatever. I don't know. I was just a troublemaker. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was a theater geek, an acquired geek, but... I don't really care about science. Like I say, like I believe science is real. I'm not as a science denier, but I don't. It's not my favorite thing. But yet, I know basic things about science that you have to know just to get you through life. And I think even if you don't like history, there are basic things you should know about the history of your country and the history of the world, just that every human being should know. You know, you don't have to be all in depth yeah. with it, but it's that you should know. And if you don't like learning from books, then watch Hamilton on the Disney Channel. I just watched Hamilton, and I felt like it was like a, 
it was the equivalent of Baskin Robbins for history nuts. I feel like I sampled oh, all 31 good. flavors, and I was high for a week <laughs> after I watched it. Oh, that's so, great! I know who needs to who needs to go and pay all what thousands of dollars to see the play. You just watch it on TV now, thank goodness. Exactly right, it, and it was it was wonderful to watch it that way. Um, it was I was so excited to see it. I feel very bad I didn't see it in a theater before that, but somehow it just never was where I was, and it didn't work out. So I did it on Fourth of July. I literally. I literally went and got hot dogs and lemonade, and then before my 4th of July party started, uh, that I had to be at my friend's 4th of July party, and I sat here for lunch, and I watched Hamilton for 4th of July, and um, I just, I, it just renewed my love for America and my want to make it the place that Alexander Hamilton wanted it to be, which was a place where everybody was free and equal, you know? There you go. Yep. Yeah. So how are you through what you do with your publication, hoping to open people's eyes about different things, not just politically yeah. and sociologically, but culturally and artistically? Because learning about art and culture is another way to expand your brain, right? Big time. Yes, it is. And there's a lot of it out there. And so that's what we try to do, or me especially being, you know, my my, my reason for getting into this whole uh, field was to write. Well, now that I sort of run the company, now I'm finding myself doing all the admin stuff. But that's fine. It's temporary. I write, as, I write enough. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're doing. We are trying to put in front of the eyes of our readers – um, preferably, you know, the events or the books or the movies or the TV shows or anything entertainment related that really isn't popular or not popular, but that really hasn't gotten out into the mainstream yet. Um, and just put something new in front of their eyes to say, give it a try, check it out. You know, we're all kind of tired of, you know, Brad Pitt and Angelina. Let's, Let's start talking about, you know, <laughs> Chrissy Ballerina and all the new, the new stars and, you know, uh, actors, especially now with the Emmys. I mean, I'm sure you've seen a big difference with, with I mean, Killing Eve, for instance. I love that show. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, Me too. She's amazing. They both are. But, yeah. Yes. Uh, so it's. So that's our that's our take on on this whole entertainment thing. It's like no offense to Variety or because they the Hollywood Reporter Deadline, we try to come at it at a, in a different avenue because they're already covering the same thing pretty much. So we you know if you ever take a look, you'll see that it's the Hollywood Times dot today. Don't forget the the Hollywood Times. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you'll see that it's, it's pretty different. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I'm so proud of you and so happy about what you're doing. And uh, I'm so thrilled to have you here and be able to get a little bit of your message out there. And I know i got to let you run because you've got two big, giant things to do tonight. Um, where can people, again, find you online? And, and uh, let's do this again soon. I'd love it. 
Oh, me too. Thank you. Like I said, I'm so glad we were united. Um, well, um, like I said, the website is thehollywoodtimes.today. Our Instagram is thehollywood.times. Our Twitter is at woodtimes. And our YouTube, we're trying to get a little YouTube channel going ourselves, is the Hollywood Times dot today. So just like the uh, the publication online. So I would love, love everybody else would. We love followers and you know all that. So please, all your listeners, I'd love to to say hello. I would love that. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. I can't wait to see your face and give you a real hug, like in a non-COVID world. And you are amazing, and I can't wait to do this soon. And everybody, please go check out The Hollywood Times and the wonderful Valerie Milano because she's very wonderful and very special. Um, thank you for being here. If you missed those links, you can go to SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. That's how you find me for all your psychic, spiritual, and creative needs. You can learn a lot about me there on social media. I'm just at Sheena Metal everywhere. Until I see you next Tuesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always raise your vibration, and remember you are loved and you are loved. I'll see you next time. Thanks, Valerie Milano. Thank you to Life Paranormal. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.